Hello and welcome back to another live edition of the Chronicles of Aguna. It's the transfer update show. We've got lots and lots to discuss. We're going to be talking Lucas Terreira, Danny Ceballos, Hussein Oua and more. We'll also be taking your questions from the live chat. Hello and welcome back to the Chronicles of Aguna. It's the transfer update show, uh, bringing you this daily now, uh, at least uh, Monday to Friday anyway, and a few at the weekends, depending on what's going on. Uh, but we're bringing you these on a regular basis now where we round up the Arsenal transfer stories from the day. I'll be giving you my take on some of the topics discussed. And then, of course, we'll be taking your questions and some of your comments as well from the live chat box throughout. Um, lots to get through again. There always is um, at the moment. There seems to be so much going on in terms of uh, transfer speculation involving Arsenal. Um, what's going to happen in the market? Who knows who we're going to be able to bring in? Um, who's going to go? Um, that's as big a question, isn't it? Who will Arsenal manage to move on this summer? I think we can all agree that there are plenty of players who are probably not good enough and that many of us would like to see the back of. But is that going to be possible during this transfer window. We're going to have to wait and see. Um, I want to begin today's uh, stream by talking about Lucas Torreira. And of course, there is a report um, coming out from Italy uh, and it's from uh, Labaro Viola is uh, one of the sources there, of course, a Fiorentina-based uh, publication. I'm just going to share the screen with you uh, so you guys can see it. Um, I'll share it with those of you watching us live on YouTube at the moment. It, the report is from Ask Blog News. Love the um, the choice of image that they've gone with. Um, of course, Lucas Torreira has been heavily linked with a move away from Arsenal, actually, for quite a while now. Um, there's been talk for, for quite some time now that Lucas Torreira um, is unhappy that Lucas Torreira would prefer a move back to Italy uh, because obviously he's unsettled here in the UK. That has been very much the story, very much the rhetoric around Torreira lately. And of course, it, at, in terms of on the pitch, it hasn't always gone to plan for him either. We know that he has um, he has suffered injuries. Um, he's had all sorts of problems, Lucas Torreira, that have, I guess, prevented him from sort of establishing himself as a real first-team regular. And when I say problems, I mean... He's been unsettled. He's had managers that maybe don't necessarily appreciate what he brings to the table. Um, managers, I would say, that have tried to play him out of position and that's cost him. Uh, so, you know, there's there's been a lot of factors as to why, in my opinion, um, Lucas Torreira's Arsenal career hasn't been as positive so far as it could have been. You know, there was a lot of promise around him when we first brought him in. We all kind of hoped that you know, he'd be that defensive midfield player that we'd been missing for so, so long. But unfortunately, I, I, I can't hand on my heart say that he is that player. I've, I've got to be honest. I feel like if a good offer was to come in, given what I've just been saying about the player's sort of very public desire to return back to Italy and the fact that we'd hope that Arsenal could attract the likes of Thomas Partey or Hussein Awa or at least one of them during this transfer window, I think moving him on 
may be sensible. Well, this report from, uh, as I said, the original source is La Barro Viola, who are a Fiorentina-based publication. They say that Fiorentina are looking um, to, to secure his return back to Italy. It says that they will pay €8 million Euros as a loan fee for this season with a €16 million Euro purchase clause to make the deal permanent at the end of the campaign. So in total, that would be around about €24 million, Euros, probably about uh, 21, 22 million pounds for Lucas Torreira. And it would see Arsenal actually lose quite a chunk on Torreira because if I'm not mistaken, and I'll just check this while we're live on air, um, just for the sake of making sure that the information is accurate. If I'm not mistaken, I think Arsenal paid around about, I thought it was around about 30 million. According to Transfer Market, um, it's 25.79 that we paid to bring him from Sampdoria. Now, of course, when we're talking about transfer fees, we're often talking about these structured deals and we're talking about bonus payments and added this and added that. So we don't always know um, exactly what the figure was, but that is the figure that's being quoted. So if that is the case, then Arsenal stand to recuperate most of the funds that they paid for Lucas Torreira. And it's, as I keep saying, it's not personal. I really like Lucas Torreira. I love his tenacity. I love the way he snaps at people's heels. He gets around the pitch. He's always very energetic. But, you know, if it's not going to work out for him at Arsenal, if he's not happy, if Lucas Torreira isn't part of Mikel Arteta's plans, then moving him on just feels like the right thing to do for all parties. So I'm not dead against the prospect of Lucas Torreira being um, moved on. I think Serie A is a league that suits him a lot better. It's a league in which he's proven himself. And I guess in a, in a way, although it hasn't always gone brilliantly for Lucas Torreira at Arsenal, we're lucky that he is still extremely highly rated in Italy. Um, and that certainly is the case. As many of you will know, I'm a huge Serie A fan. Um, we had a Serie A podcast running last season, um, which I was the host of. So as you know, it's a league that I pay great attention to. And so I can say confidently that he is somebody who in Italy um, still is held in very, very high regard. So it seems like that could be on the cards. Um, you know, of course, Lucas Torreira moving on. Um, Fiorentina are, are one of the clubs that uh, appear to be most interested, appear to be the club that have agreed terms at least with him not necessarily with Arsenal just yet but with his representatives uh, AC Milan were were very sort of interested previously but not sure that that interest is as concrete as it once was so if I had to hedge my bets on where Lucas Torreira will end up if he does of course indeed leave Arsenal Football Club then I think Fiorentina is the safe bet and it feels very much like Laviola would be uh, the next destination for Lucas Torreira. Let's go um, over to some of your live comments, see what you guys are saying. Um, first of all, actually, I just want to take this opportunity to thank um, all of you for tuning into the show as I posted on social media, um, well, on Instagram and Facebook yesterday, the podcast across the multiple platforms, so across YouTube and across um, sort of the, the audio platforms prior to last night's show had hit over a quarter of a million people. There'd been over 250,000 listeners and viewers. Um, and so thank you so much for your continued support. I was planning to come on this video and ask you to um, 
subscribe if you're new because we were approaching the 7,000 mark. But um, fortunately, uh, our uh, our episode last night with Adrian Clark, uh, which you can find on YouTube and the audio platforms now, which was magnificent. Really enjoyed talking to him. Top, top guest. Um, you will find that that actually took us over that mark. There's been around about 15,000 of you have tuned into that on YouTube alone as well. Great insight from Adrian. I, I said it on the show, one of my favorite guests, and we'll be getting Adrian back on very, very soon as well. So plenty to look forward to on the channel. Smash the like button as well if you're watching us on YouTube at the moment and haven't done so already. Um, right, let's see. Um, let's come over to some of your uh comments uh lots of hellos how you doing guys thank you for tuning in um carter stage says big up don simi you put yourself on the transfer market we need a dm i see myself as more of a center forward my friend um norwegian gunas is always looking forward to harry streams great content every day thank you very much my friend uh graham says congrats on hitting 7k subscribers great pod with adrian yesterday thank you very much mate and for your continued support. Um, let's go over to what some of you, though, have got to say on the Lucas Torreira situation. Um, Omar says, Torreira can go as far as I'm concerned. He's just not cut it since joining us. Um, Jam Krista says, um, everyone knows Arsenal need to raise funds and therefore under are underbidding for our players. Is that underbidding, though, for, um, for Lucas Torreira? A deal worth 24 uh, million euros in total. Is that underpaying for him, given sort of the way his Arsenal career has gone so far? And I'm not by any means saying that his Arsenal career has been bad, but it's not, you know, the, the hype that surrounded Lucas Torreira when he arrived simply hasn't been met. I think that's a fair assessment of how it's gone for Torreira since he joined Arsenal. 24 million in a deal, I don't think that's a bad deal. And I think in a, in a, in a time where Arsenal are clearly trying to do similar sort of deals, structure payments, you know, ob uh, loans with obligations to buy. I, I find it a little bit hypocritical if we sit here and say, you know what, um, we can't accept those kind of offers or, or those types of offers are, are taking the piss or they're a disgrace because we're actually doing that kind of thing as well. So it makes us sound a little bit hypocritical you know, would you rather secure a deal that would see you pick up 24 million over the course of two seasons or sell him on the cheap now? I think that you'd probably secure that deal over a period of time, because as I said, some of the transfers I expect Arsenal to be doing are going to be done in a similar way and with a similar structure. And so that money will come in handy further down the line, understandably. Um... Let's see what else we've got here. Uh, Nikizi says, selling Torreira clearly indicates that we are going to look for another midfielder. Hopefully we get Partey and Awar. Um, That would be great. If we got one, though, I'd be over the moon, as I keep saying. Ambrose says, Torreira was never going to make it. Too small to play defensive midfield in the Premier League. Um, Rahil says, I was excited about Torreira, but Emery ruined him. Uh, HICM says 21 million is not enough for Torreira. If he has a number of suitors, then he should go to the highest bidder. But of course, the player has to want to join that club as well because he's still under contract at Arsenal. He can easily dig his heels in and say, I'm not going anywhere. Uh, you know, so it's very much 
obviously the club can sell him, but he will obviously push towards a move that he feels will be most beneficial to him. Uh, Peter says, Torreira's first season was great, but his second has been underwhelming. Um, what else have we got here? Um, Govarthana says, uh, people are quick to forget his first season. The man was unplayable till Emery did an Emery. Yeah, look, I think, um, I think that it's no secret that Unai Emery is not my favourite Arsenal manager. Um, I, I thought he got a lot of things wrong. One of them was Lucas Torreira and these strange roles that at times he was asking him to play. I remember at times he was pushing him up as like a kind of number 10. Um, maybe not when we didn't have possession, but he was certainly getting into those areas uh, with regularity. And I didn't like that. I didn't enjoy seeing Torreira in that role. And I thought he looked like a, a fish out of water, to be honest, because he just looked so, so uncomfortable when he was asked to play that way. Um, right. So um, that's a, that's the Torreira talk for today. Um, we'll come back to it a little bit later on if you guys have got any questions, of course, um, or any thoughts that you want to share in the live comments section. But for now, let's move on to the update with regards to Danny Sabios. Now, of course, we heard a couple of days ago that a breakthrough had been reached with Real Madrid and that Danny Sabios was on his way to London uh, to complete a second loan move to the Emirates Stadium. And we've heard today that Danny Sabios has flown into London to complete a medical. Now, it seems a bit silly because obviously he spent the season, um, you know, at Arsenal, we know all about him. He was training with us, playing with us. But he has been back training with Real Madrid. And it could be um, that something has, has gone on in terms of his fitness. Maybe something has changed. I'm not saying it has. And I probably don't think it has. I, I don't think that there will be any concerns over Danny Sabas. But of course, for insurance purposes and for various other sort of legal bits and pieces and contract stuff, Arsenal need to do another medical. That's just the way it works. I mean, talking about deals um, sort of so high value, whether that be in football or anything else, due diligence must take place. And Arsenal obviously covering their bases um, and making sure that he is um, he is uh, the player that left uh, the Emirates just a few weeks ago, actually, uh, to go back and train with Real Madrid. You know, we don't really know whether there'll be an obligation to buy or any sort of clause um, at the end of that, the son of report, uh, sorry, ABC, the son of, of copied and pasted it basically. Uh, ABC, a Spanish outlet, say that the move will be confirmed uh, within the next 24 hours. Um, but they also go on to say that Arsenal will not have the option, sorry, to buy uh, the player when the deal expires next summer. So it would very much be uh, dependent on the situation at the time whether Real Madrid would be willing to sell him. They're not committing to anything just yet. They've probably looked at Danny Ceballos, looked at his second half of the season at Arsenal in particular, thought he did really, really well and now don't want to be in a position where they're going to have to let him go, even if perhaps Zinedine Zidane and the club's opinion of him changes. Um, so, yeah, we're going to have to wait and see on that. Look, if he has another good season at Arsenal, if he's successful once again, then it's a deal that could potentially be done and it's a deal that would very much be negotiated there and then. There is going to be no advanced agreement in place according to the reports that we've seen so far. 
Right, let's uh, head over to YouTube and check out how many of you are currently watching us and how many of you have smashed that like button because it is, as I keep on saying, uh, so, so important. Don't forget to subscribe as well if you're new. And if you wish, you can support the podcast by becoming a patron. If you head over to the Chronicles of Aguna over on patreon.com, you can see the link rolling across your screens now uh, you'll be able to sign up become a member you'll get access to exclusive content priority when it comes to questions uh, for some of our expert guests like adrian clark was um last night and uh yeah plenty more but check out the website for more information on uh, how you do that how much it costs um and uh yeah what you get for uh for your contribution so please please do check that out right currently on youtube there are over 475 of you watching us at the moment um that's across the multiple platforms sorry um and there's only 90 likes so let's try and get that to first 100 and then let's try and get that to 150 as soon as possible it doesn't cost anything it takes just a split second and the button is around here somewhere just hit the like button. Uh, thank you so much in advance. Um, right, moving on, let's talk a little bit uh, about some of the things that David Ornstein has had to say lately. Um, and then we'll come back to some of your comments. So get your comments, get your questions in the live chat. Want to hear from you guys. What's your thoughts on Torreira? What are your thoughts on Danny Ceballos uh, being close to rejoining the Arsenal? And I'm going to ask your thoughts on the next topic, which I'm going to discuss as well, uh, which is some updates that David Ornstein uh, provided, uh, not yesterday, the day before, uh, but it, it is something that we can be pretty positive about, I would say. And, and the reason I'm bringing this up a couple of days later is because there have been multiple reports from various other outlets that are, I guess, that, that back up um, what David Ornstein had to say just a couple of days ago. So let's uh, let's have a look at that. He did. Um, I've just lost it from my screen. Stupid of me. Hold on a second. Here we go. Um, when talking about the Hector Bellerin links, so of course, Hector Bellerin has been heavily linked with a move to Paris Saint-Germain. According to Ornstein, the clubs are in dialogue. Um, and he also says that the 25-year-old would be open to a new challenge uh, if a deal was struck and that he could provide vital cash for targets. He also said that this would likely see Maitland-Niles stay and be the first choice right wing back with Suarez as backup and that the, the interest in Partey remains and that discussions are ongoing with Hussein Awa. Now, that information has been, you know, shared by a lot of outlets that information is being reported i should say by a number of outlets so whilst i'm pointing out a tweet from david ornstein a couple of days ago the reason i've done that is because those sort of reports around bellerin the reports in regards to awar and that talks are actually ongoing between arsenal and leon over his potential transfer and arsenal and psg over bellerin's potential transfer i thought it was worth bringing that up again and getting your guys's opinions on whether or not uh, you think a deal for Hussein Mawar or Thomas Partey is realistic? And would you sell Hector Bellerin? I know we touched on it a little bit yesterday as well. Um, but let's let's get your comments. Let's get your thoughts uh, as we discuss that. Now, my view on it is this. If you've got to move out two or three players in order to fund a deal 
like the Partey one, a deal like the Awar one, then I'm absolutely fine with that. I said it before, whilst squad depth is so, so important this day and age, particularly when we're going to have Europa League football, cup football, etc., etc., you, you know, you also have to sort of get very sort of narrow-minded in a way and say, we need quality first and foremost in the first team. That is what is most important at this moment in time. And, and once you've built that, once you have a, a, a first team with which you're happy, um, with which you're satisfied, with which you're comfortable, then and only then can you look at adding depth, in my opinion. It's better to have one world-class player in a position than to have two average ones. I genuinely do believe that. And I think that that's kind of the case here. We're going to have to move some okay players out, um, probably in deals that we may think at times are a little bit under their, maybe not their current value, but what we paid for them just to get the targets that we want. If Arsenal really, really believe that Hussein Awar, that Thomas Partey, um, you know, are the players that will make the difference to this Arsenal side, then they have to do whatever it takes to get them to the club. Um, I really, really do believe that. Um, let's uh, let's have a quick look at, at what some of you guys are saying as well. Um, uh, let's scroll down the comments just quickly. Um, Inny Inyang, thank you so much, mate. Um, for your kind donation via the Super Chat feature. Uh, thank you so much, mate. Um, really, really appreciate it. He says, how do you think we balance the midfield with Xhaka, Danny, Partey and Awar? It's, it's a really good question. Um, it is. Uh, you know, if we were to get both Partey and Awar, and I, I'm not confident that we will land both, but if we did, um, for the sake of, of your question, you know, it is very difficult to say because Granit Xhaka is clearly somebody who, um, you know, who is who is very much part of Arsenal's plans moving forward. It looked as though Xhaka was out of the door. It looked as though after that whole incident with the captaincy with the fans that he was done and that he was going to leave Arsenal Football Club never to return. But that's not been the case. He's obviously turned it around and credit to him for that. He's just been named as Switzerland's uh, first team captain, uh, first choice captain, I should say, now that Stefan Lichstein has retired as well, um, which is great for him. Must be a real honour to captain your country, of course. Um, but, you know, I can't... I guess the point I'm trying to get to here is I can't see him being dropped from the side. I genuinely believe that in Mikel Arteta's eyes, Granit Xhaka is a mainstay in this side for a number of reasons. Number one, his leadership is something that has been spoken about by a number of his teammates, by previous managers. And I know I'm going to get pelters for actually defending Granit Xhaka here because I know a lot of Arsenal fans have made their mind up on him and have had their mind made up on Granit Xhaka for quite some time. But, it, you know, I, I genuinely do think that he is, he is here to stay and he is part of the plans. Now, if you're asking me who I would select in the midfield, it's a tough one because it's dependent on the system that Mikel Arteta plays. I do think that if Mikel Arteta had these players available to him, you would probably see Arsenal revert back to a back four. I think that having a Thomas Partey in the midfield would give you that physicality, that energy 
to be able to get away with playing two central defenders and know that your midfield are capable of getting up and down the pitch, providing cover when necessary and putting in a defensive shift as well. So if we got all of those players, I do think you'd probably see a change in system. I think that looking at those names on the on the screen at the moment, Xhaka, Danny, uh, Sabayos, Partey and Awa, I think that if one of them is going to miss out, I think it's probably Danny Sabayos. Not because I don't think he's a good player, but I just think that the balance, um, you know, Xhaka and, and Sabayos both like to be on the ball, but both probably like to do that from deeper areas. So they're quite similar in that sense. Partey is someone who's very much a box-to-box midfielder. Anouar is a box-to-box midfielder as well, I guess, but one with a lot more technical ability, I would say, a, a bit more um, craft about him. And so he could easily transition between sitting in the midfield and then pushing forward and joining into attack. So that's my take on it. I think if we were to have all four of those players, which again, I stress the point that I think it's unlikely that we will end up with both Partey and Awar as much as I'd love to see that, then I think that Danny Sabas is probably the man that misses out from that midfield. I hope that answers your question and thank you again for your very, very kind donation. Don't forget, if you wish to use the Super Chat feature, you can. You'd be supporting the podcast, of course, and helping us to enhance things and make things um, as uh, as uh, professional as possible for you. Uh, right, let's see um, what else we've got here. Lots and lots of questions. My word. Um, um, let's see. Let's see. Um, Danny and Dooney, he says, sell Bellerin, sell Torreira, sell Socrates, sell Holding, sell Mustafi equals money to buy Oa and Partey. Arsenal clearly um, do want those players and, and uh, the Arsenal fans clearly want those players as well and are happy, as I said earlier on, um, to see, you know, a number of our current crop move out in order to fund that. Larry says, happy Danny Sabahs is back. Let the fluidity continue. Yep, he certainly brought a fluidity to that midfield. Um, I still think there are question marks over Danny Sabahs sometimes, though. I'm not going to sit here and pretend that I've always been majorly impressed with Danny Sabahs. I think he's had some really good games, turned in some really good performances, and we've seen glimpses of what he can do. Hopefully, we will see a greater level of consistency over the course of next season. He was consistent at the end of this this last campaign, but let's not forget that the season stopped. Players, you know, it was a very different situation. Then we had this kind of mini second half of the season, didn't we, of what, seven, eight games. Um, and he was, of course, very impressive in that. Um, what else have we got here? Uh, going back to Torreira, 90 MFC says, sad Torreira didn't work out. But if we can strengthen that midfield by getting money for him, let's do it and get Partey in. Um, Amin Abdi says, where will we be getting the money for Awar? I mean, my information is that that whilst Leon do want a significant amount of money for Hussein Mawa, which is believed to be around about, sorry, just plug the plug this in. Um, it's believed to be around about 50 million euro. Um, they would be willing to accept some sort of structured deal. So if Arsenal could at least 
put down a substantial sum and agree to some sort of structured payment, then I don't see why the deal would be impossible. I think this is probably an easier deal to do than the Thomas Partey one at the moment. And I say that because Atletico have made it abundantly clear that they're not open to any negotiations. It's the release clause or nothing. And, you know, that's why I feel like the OR deal is a little bit more achievable. And it's maybe why um, Arsenal have sort of upped their sort of interest in him for the time being, maybe because they feel like there isn't going to be a breakthrough uh, with Thomas Partey. Either way, as I keep on saying, I'd happily have any of those two players because I think they're both fantastic and they're both better than what we currently have at the club. Um, what else have we got here? Zachary, he says, smash the likes, people. Love the content from Dallas, Texas. Thank you so much, mate. Always great to know we've got listeners, viewers even uh, as well uh, coming from uh, all over the world. Uh, it's, it's fantastic. It just shows what a massive football club it is that we support because so many people from all over the globe are so interested in uh, finding out what's going on with this club. Um, what else have we got here? Uh, Peter Akintunde, he asks, Harry, do you think Emil Smith-Rowe can have an impact this season? This was a question that was put to me yesterday as well. Um, I, I do worry a little bit about somebody like Emil Smith-Rowe getting the opportunities that he would probably need in order to showcase what he could do. Um, obviously, we've seen, um, you know, glimpses of, of, of what he's capable of. He went out on loan last season, did pretty well. But, you know, the absence of a number 10 role in this current Arsenal system will probably work against him. I don't necessarily see him as someone who... Um, will be at his best in a wide position. And I, look, I know that might not be a popular opinion. I know that maybe people out there who would say that actually he could do a job out there. But for me, he's a very, uh, he, he's very much a central player. Somebody I'd like to see operate through the middle. And with the absence of a number 10 in this current Mikel Arteta system, I do worry whether he will be given the opportunities that he needs. We'll have to just wait and see. But player I've I've always liked, player I've always been excited about, and fingers crossed, I'd love to see him, um, you know, hit it off and 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 get up and running and play to a really really high standard and and eventually force his way into the Arsenal first team. Um, what else have we got? A bit of a different opinion here. Um, Avi Rana, a bit different to some of the other opinions, I should say, that we've had. He says, I don't want Bellerin to go, but if the right offer comes, we need to say goodbye to him. We need Partey for sure. Yeah, I, I mean, I think that's a that's a really fair opinion. There's been a lot of people in the comments today suggesting that it shouldn't even be a, a discussion that Hector Bellerin should be gone. We should move him out at the earliest opportunity, particularly if that type of money's on the table. But I am. I share your opinion that I, I don't particularly want to see him go. I just think that if the money's right and it means we can do something else, something that we feel will be more significant over the course of the season that could propel us uh, to a level that we aspire to be at, then, yeah, you know, move him, uh, move him on. Um, this is an interesting one. Do we need a left back or left wing back? I worry about Tierney staying healthy. I think that we'd probably just about get away with it 
because of the fact that Ainsley Maitland-Niles can comfortably deputise in that position because of the fact that Bukayo Saka's done it as well when, when asked. Um, you know, I think we will be all right in, in that department. I wouldn't see it as a priority. Um, but I, I get where you're coming from. There are, look, Kieran Tierney's done brilliantly um, of late. He, he's been really, really good, really, really solid. But given sort of his injury record over the past, I would say probably a couple of seasons, you would be a bit naive if you didn't have a slight concern about his ability to stay fit. Now, I'm not, you know, I, I understand that prior to joining Arsenal or prior to that period leading up to him joining Arsenal, his injury record was fine. But given what we've seen in the last, what, 18 months or so from Giarantini, you've got to you've got to have that in the back of your minds. But I just think, as I said, with Ainsley Maitland-Niles being very versatile, providing he stays at the club, of course, and with Bukayo Saka showing that he's a capable deputy at left wing back as well, I think we'll be okay. You know, Ser Kalasinac hasn't gone anywhere yet as well, um, which is another one. So, yeah, um, wouldn't see that as a priority right now. That's uh, just my view on that. Uh, let's see what else we've got here. Uh, Tawana says, great content as always, Harry. If the club can't get Partey, um, would you be against the club getting Sumare or Diawara? Um, Diawara, I'm assuming it's the, the man from Roma that you're referring to. Of course, there are a number of Diawaras in football and they have been over the years. Yeah. Uh, Amadou Diawara. <sighs> Look, I, I'm not dead against signing Amadou Diawara and I don't, I've got to be honest, know a great deal about Sumare. When it comes to Diawara though, he's not a player that really excites me. Is he better than Lucas Torreira? I'd probably argue that he's not. And so what would be the point in moving Torreira out to bring him in? That that would sort of be my question. So I'm not dead against Diawara coming into Arsenal. I'm not even going to comment on Sumare just because I'm not really qualified to. He's not a player I've seen a great deal of. Diawara, you know, plies his trade in Serie A currently, a league that I know probably better than sort of the other European leagues outside of the Premier League. So, yeah, I think I think he's someone that could probably do a job, but he'd just be another stopgap, in my opinion. He wouldn't be that world-class operator that is going to help Arsenal push on to the next level. And I really feel that, given the signs we've seen from Mikel Arteta, given the current situation as well, and Adrian Clark made a really interesting point on the show yesterday where he said, we've probably got an opportunity now to go after players that other um, more powerful clubs would be able to get normally because of the current financial situation. And Arsenal should take this opportunity to flex their muscle where possible. So I feel like we need to be aiming higher than Diawara. As I said, I think he's a capable defensive midfielder, but he's nothing more than that. In my view, he's not the player that is going to come and push us on or give us that extra bit of something in the midfield that would see us close the gap on the top four. Um, what else have we got? Um, a couple more questions about Samare as well, but I'm going to pass on those. I do apologize. He's not someone I've watched a lot about. I've read reports about him, obviously, but I'm not going to sit here and pretend to know, um, a great deal about him and, and, and sort of fill you guys heads with false hope or anything like that. Abdullah says, if Chelsea didn't sign Havertz, would you have had him at Arsenal? Yeah, look, I mean, 
at the sort of when the the sort of COVID thing started to calm down a little bit, and I know it's not fully passed, um, but when it started to ease up a bit, particularly in other countries, and when the Bundesliga returned, I was given a, a number of, of opportunities to commentate on Bundesliga matches, some of which I think two or three of actually um, featured by Leverkusen and featured Kai Havertz. And he, for me, it was one of the brightest talents I'd seen in a while. You know, he's very, very technically gifted. He's very clever. He In the games I covered, he was kind of playing in a, like a false nine role, which I know is not his ideal position because he likes to play off the front man. But at the time, I think it was Kevin Volland was out injured and Havertz was playing just off of him. Uh, sorry, Havertz had replaced him, but was dropping that little bit deeper than Volland normally would as a kind of false nine. And you could see that the guy's got everything. Um, he's got technical ability. He's got the brain. He's got the awareness. He's got the sophistication to his game. Very, very effective in the air as well, um, in the games I saw him in anyway. And just all round, a, an excellent player. And I know that the the reports are, are suggesting that Chelsea are going to pay overall around about 80-odd million pounds for him. Based on what I've seen, I think if they've got the money, which they clearly have, it's a it's a gamble well worth taking. I really, really do like the look of Kai Havertz, and I'm really envious um, of Chelsea's ability to go out and sign him. Alex Wilden says, how about Decore? Um, of course, the Watford man is closing in on a move to Everton. Uh, he's been given permission to discuss personal terms with the Merseyside club and have a medical. So, it looks as though that ship has sailed. Abdullah Decore is on his way to Everton. If I'm honest, I'm not quite sure that I would go down the Decore route either. And it's a bit like it's a bit like going in to how can I put this? I'm going to compare it to when I when I bought my TV. This sounds really really stupid, but I went in to buy my TV with the idea that I wanted a TV of a particular size. And then I got to the shop and I saw one of an even bigger size. And once I'd seen what I could potentially get, the other one didn't seem good enough for me anymore. Not that it wasn't, just that for me, it didn't seem like the the, the one I wanted to spend my money on anymore or, or adequate. And I feel a little bit like that with some of the players that we've been linked with in recent times. Abdullah Decore very much being one of them. In the past, I probably looked at him and said, you know what, we need that kind of player. I'd probably take him. But having been linked with Thomas Partey, with Hussein Awar, hearing that deals could potentially be done that would bring those types of players to the Emirates Stadium, that calibre of player, some of the most sought-after players in European football at the moment. If we were to settle for someone like Decore now, I don't think I'd be happy. And and that is kind of my point with regards to Diawara as well. It's the way I feel about all of those names that we've just been through. Samare, Diawara, Decore, just not at that elite level for me. Right, let's check in on the, the viewership, on the likes. Um, before we go on to, to discuss uh, some more of your comments, some more of your uh, questions as well, get your questions in to the live chat at the moment there are 822 of you watching on youtube at the moment wow wow um truly humbled 
by that. Um, but we need more likes. Uh, we've got 206 likes at the moment. If just half of you hit that like button, we'd hit 400 likes before the end of this stream, which would be absolutely immense. So go, 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 go. Hit the like button now. Um, and uh, as I said, it has proven to be uh, gold dust for the channel, as you can see by the figures in recent time. So really, really grateful for all your continued support. Um, let's see what else we've got here in terms of uh, live comments. Uh, Kevin Campbell, former Arsenal man, he's tuned in again. Thank you, Kevin. Um, it's an absolute pleasure to know that you are uh, watching the streams on a daily basis. Thank you so, so much, mate. And uh, thank you for your kind words. He says, keep up the great work, H. Um, great stuff. And thank you for all the support that you've given me as well over the last few years because um, you, you've been great. You've, you've helped me out with interviews, um, you helped me out with my book. Um, and, and in terms of getting the channel out there, you've been a massive influence. So I want to say a massive thank you to Kevin Campbell as well. Uh, constant supporter, all round nice guy. And, and, and best of all, he's an Arsenal legend. Um, right. Let's see what else we've got here in terms of your comments. Um, right. Um, Daniel Robert, <laughs> Harry, what size TV do you have? <laughs> Maybe I shouldn't have used that as an analogy. I don't, I don't want to, uh, I don't want to brag. Um, I don't want to go into that. I don't want it to seem like I'm bragging, even though it's nothing to brag about. Um, so I'll leave that one for now, mate. Uh, thank you. Um, what else have we got? Uh, just, uh, Having a look through some of your comments. Um, Quivano Raul says, we don't need Awa as much as we need Thomas Partey. That is something that we've also touched on um, recently. And it's something that I probably agree with, actually. Not because I don't think Awa is a great player. I, I, I'm impressed by what I've seen of him. Admittedly, it's not as much as I've seen of of Thomas Partey, but I just think in terms of the profile, the physical nature, and in terms of what I look at as what we're lacking at the moment, I feel like Thomas Partey, if I could only get one, would probably be um, the, the sensible choice as well. Um, let's see what else we've got here. Um, Sight says, hi, Harry, would you take Zobaslai if we can't get a while? He's very talented and young priced at only 25 million pounds again um he's a player that i hear brilliant things about um a player who is very very highly rated but um you now at just 19 years old i know on the one hand you'd say he's 19 therefore he is someone who can probably develop further when it comes to development and relying on development, there is obviously an a, a, an element of risk in that. Just drop my phone one second. Well, there we go. Um, there's obviously an element of risk in that, isn't there? Uh, whoever it is, no matter how old they are, there are very few players that you look at when they're sort of 19 years old and you say, spending big money on him right now absolutely categorically would not be a risk. I find it hard to make definitive calls on players like Dominic Zobosly because I haven't, you know, not that I haven't seen any of them, but you don't watch these players every week. 
You can only go by what you read. You can only go by highlights that you see. Certainly looks an exciting talent. And he looks like someone who is going to get a move to a bigger club at some point, probably sooner rather than later. Because he currently plays his football for Red Bull Salzburg in Austria. But I don't think that given Arsenal's current situation, um, you know, that he would be someone I'd be looking at. He's obviously um, someone who plays predominantly on the left-hand side as well, which probably isn't any good to us. I know he's a central midfielder as well. Um, You know, looking at his stats now that I've got in front of me from from transfer market, he's played on the left of midfield 37 times for for Salzburg. Um, In the centre of midfield, 29 times. In attacking midfield, 11 times. And on the right, nine times. So he's obviously got the ability to play anywhere across the midfield. But predominantly, he's been deployed as a left-sided player. And I just can't see that being a priority for Arsenal. Can't see that as something that we desperately need. So I would still prioritise those other guys. If we can't get them, then it's a different story. But I still don't think that Zobos Life, I've said the name right, um, would be someone I'd be looking at. what else have we got here? Uh, Anurag says, bless up, big man. Thank you, mate. Um, it's probably referring to Kevin Campbell rather than me. Um, BJ says, keep up the good work, man. Love these videos. Thank you. Um, what else have we got here? Uh, questions coming through regarding Felipe Coutinho. I just saw one. I'm just trying to pick it out. Um, where is it? Just uh, scrolling through. Uh, lots of you saying that Zobislav wouldn't be a risk. That's fine. Um, I, I personally uh, don't see him um, as as someone that we should be targeting. Um, Rohan says, Harry, I think you missed my super chat. Mate, if I have, I am so, so sorry. Please uh, get the question back in the chat and I'll, I'll, have a, I'll keep an eye out for your name. I'm using StreamYard and sometimes the super chats don't always come through um, on the uh, on the platform. I'm just scrolling through on my phone to see if I can see it. Uh, I can't. So please, I do apologize. Stick the question back in and I promise I'll pick it up. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, Nigos Karalambos says, so you are Greek. Hello there. Yes. Um, Cypriot, uh, Greek Cypriot family originate from Cyprus. I was born here in London, um, but yeah, uh, nice to have a fellow Greek in the chat. Um, what else have we got here? <laughs> DJ Zach says, now you've got everyone curious what the size of your TV is, please. <laughs> no can do, my friend. Um, Kelly says, shout out from Annapolis, Maryland. Harry, I think as much as we want to strengthen most areas, I guess we will be slowing down the growth of our young guns Martinelli, Saka, Emil Smith-Rowe. I think you're right. Um, I think it is something we, we probably should be a little bit concerned about. But I also think that we have to kind of work for the here and now. Because, you know, until we get back into the Champions League as a club, we're going to continue to struggle um, financially. I, I just feel like, for me... I love to see young players come through and do well, but the reality is that if they are good enough, they will make it anyway. 
I know that sounds like a bit of a harsh thing to say, a little bit of a heartless thing to say, but I genuinely do believe that if you're that good, that you will take the opportunities you're given. And there will be plenty in the Europa League and the Cups. You've got to take those. And if you can take those, then you stand as good a chance as anybody. But if you are good enough, I, I genuinely believe, and I have more confidence under somebody like Mikel Arteta, that if you have what it takes, you will get the opportunities. You will get uh, your chances. So, yeah, um, as much as that is a little bit of an area of concern, I think that it's just the reality of the world. And we're a top, top football club and we have to do our utmost and do whatever it takes to be competing at the top level all the time. That is a must for Arsenal. It's a demand on Arsenal. And so, you know, there we have to put that kind of loyalty to some of those players to one side, just temporarily. Uh, Marty says, love the content. New subscriber um, from our boy Tierney's Fine City. Welcome, mate. Great to have you on board. Um, Robert from Jamaica says, Partey for Arsenal is a must. Uh, what else have we got here? Um, just uh, scrolling through your comments. And again, apologize if I miss some of those. Literally just scrolling through, picking stuff at random. Uh, there is uh, a chance that I will miss some of your comments. So I do, do apologize. Um, just looking out for Rohan. Was it Rohan that put the, the super chat in? I think it was Rohan Vias. He says, uh, Zakaria is a perfect replacement for Xhaka. Um, that Dennis Zakaria from Borussia Mönchengladbach, is that the person you got in mind? Um, yeah, I mean, he's a positive player as well. Um, a player that, you know, just 23 years old, uh, somebody that I'm sure Mönchengladbach have high hopes for, Swiss uh, international footballer as well. Um, knows Granit Xhaka, obviously, from that, which may help, may influence. Um, seen a little bit of him, but... You know, he's he's not someone, again, I've watched a massive amount of. And I, I would rather that you guys tell me the players that you want to hear about. And I go away and I research them and I come back and I bring you informative content um, rather than I sit here and I blag it on some of these players. So player that's sort of been spoken about as somebody for the future very much. But again, um, I'm not 100 percent sure on whether he'd be suitable based on the very little I know about him. So um, let me know in the chat. Um, let me know in the comments actually after the stream finishes so I can go back and pick those up. And any players that you want kind of profiles on, uh, we'll do our utmost to get the experts on and go through and, and discuss those players at great detail and, and, and make sure that we cover all the bases. Um, Neil says, good job, mate. Partey, 45 million, or Thiago Alcantara. Awa, 50 million in installments, and we need Pats on Dhaka. Uh, sell all the dead wood to fund. You know, that's very much the desire of Arsenal Football Club at the moment, isn't it? Is to move on the so-called dead wood, get them out the door so that we can raise the funds to do this kind of business. But it's easier said than done. We need people to come and actually table offers for these players. I know that if they've been told they're going to sort they have no future, I'm sure their agents will be working behind the scenes to try and um, sort of engineer moves or engineer interest from clubs that potentially uh, may be looking to take them on. But 
it is um it is easier said than done isn't it it's really really uh, not that simple um and it really it really is someone it, it really is something that whilst we'd all love to see it happen i, I still worry that it's going to be uh, a bit of a problem as we look to to sort of you know the, the problem is here is that as Arsenal fans, we're very much of, we need to build, we need to build, we need to build, we need a complete overhaul. But I think sometimes we forget that for us to build this team that we want to see, for us to move some of these players out, for us to bring in some of the players that that we'd love to see join the club, we've got to be patient and we've got to understand that it may take two or three more windows before we're in the kind of shape that we'd like to like us to be in. It isn't going to happen overnight. We have to be patient. Not only are we going to be unable to bring in all our targets overnight, we're also going to be unable to move out all of the dead wood overnight. And you've got to factor that in as well. Um, so, yeah, um, you know, as much as it would be the the sort of ideal outcome, let's be a little bit patient. Let's wait and see what happens. Um, and uh, fingers crossed we get as close to achieving all of our sort of uh, targeted deals as, as possible. Um, Brian says, okay, I am off, not getting my questions addressed regarding Kroenke, not investing in our club. This is why we are declining as a football club, eighth in the league. Brian, I do apologise if I missed your question. Um, I've I've been apologising throughout the stream that I have missed a lot of questions, lots and lots of comments coming through constantly, and I'm trying my best to keep up with them. Um, Feel free to fire your question in. Uh, whatever it is, I know it's about the Cronkies, but there is no question in this particular statement. So if you stick that in the chat, I'll keep an eye out for it. But apologies. Uh, my intention is not to offend, of course. Uh, Law AFC says, Harry, if we sell Lacquer, will there be a need to replace him as we already have Martinelli in waiting? Love the content, mate. Um, I think we would need to replace him. I, I really do. I, I feel as though as much as he's shown glimpses of being a really, really good footballer and, and you know, the potential is massive. The sky's the limit, if you want, uh, for, for Gabriel Martinelli. We've got to take into consideration that he's just suffered a, a pretty bad injury. It's going to take him time to get up to speed. We've also got to remember that he's 18 years old. And I say the same about Saka and the same about Anketia. It's great to have them in and around the squad. It's great to have them playing parts in sort of this new Arsenal, this new uh, Mikel Arteta Arsenal. But we've also got to remember that they are young, that they will be inconsistent because of that. And we have to manage our expectations and make sure that we don't pile too much pressure on them. If we were to sell Lacazette, I wouldn't be confident that Martinelli or Enketia, for that matter, would be able to lead the line for Arsenal, effectively performing at a consistent level week in, week out, over the course of a season. I think they'd both do fine coming in and out of the side. And that's why I think it's imperative that we keep Lacazette. And if we don't, then we've got to bring in someone else because that that's just my feeling on it. I feel like we can't be piling too much pressure on these young players. I feel like Mikel Arteta is probably aware of that as well. You know, if a bid was to come, a substantial bid was to come in for Lacazette, I'm not saying the club wouldn't consider it because I think at this moment in time, there are probably two or three players in the squad, if that, that are 
I would say, unsellable. So it is about what comes in, in terms of offers. It is about what money is put on the table. But, you know, as I said, I, I couldn't put my total, complete trust in two kids, essentially, uh, leading the line for Arsenal. I just couldn't do it at the moment. And I, I do believe that in Mikel Arteta's view, Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang's future is playing from that slightly left position. Um, and I think the formation complements that very, very well. And I know I keep saying it, but the statistics prove that Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang for that, from that position has been very effective and more effective than he has been when he's played through the centre. Uh, Dennis Brown says, love your work. Thank you so much, mate. Really, really appreciate it. Um, what else have we got here? Uh, Rohan says, Dennis Zachariah would transform our midfield. Going back to what we were talking about a little bit earlier, um, I will have a look um, into him a little bit more. Uh, maybe we could talk about him on a future broadcast um, in, in a bit more depth. Perhaps I'll find someone with a better knowledge of the uh, German Bundesliga. Uh, so that we can um, we can get sort of down to the ins and outs of um, of the player, right? Um, what else we got here? Uh, Matt Gray, he says on Aubameyang, going completely to another subject, which is good because I feel like we've been stuck on the the transfer talk a little bit. Um, Matt Gray says on Aubameyang, I'm worried the delay is due to the club as they aren't signing any more players. Waiting till just before the season starts to announce his extension will soften the blow with the fans. I think that it's um, it's a valid concern to have. I do. Um, but I, I just feel like, yeah, look, I do feel like the club are biding their time. Um, but I, I am still confident that the deal is done. And I'm not worried about it in any way, shape or form. Perhaps it's because Arsenal are doing so much behind the scenes that they've not got around to, to doing the announcement or perhaps feel that it's not the priority right now. So, yeah, we'll have to wait and see. But I, I still think Arsenal are actively trying to do business and they're trying to bring in the targets that we're, we're said to be looking at. You know, you can't guarantee anything in football. You can't sit here and say with any degree of certainty that we will get those deals done. But you know, I, I think that we can be confident that this time around, Arsenal are doing everything within their power to make that happen. I really, really do believe that. I really do. Um, right, let's go back over to YouTube, have a quick look at uh, what we're doing in terms of numbers at the moment. We have got uh, just under 800 of you watching live. Wow. Wow. Um, thank you so much. Uh, to every single person who's tuned in, whatever platform you're watching us on, because I know there are a number of you watching us from other things as well. So thank you to you all. Thank you to everybody who's going to listen to this back on the audio or watch this back on playback as well. Um, you all mean the world to me. Your support is has been incredible. And um, what I would ask is that you do, if you haven't already, um, and you've joined us late, smash the like button. 355 likes at the moment. Let's try and get up to... 400 uh, between now and the end of the stream probably go for around about uh five to seven minutes longer um seen as the interaction keeps coming and the questions and the comments keep coming as well uh jay bowling says harry would you take julian draxler of psg he is available in 2021 and transfer market at around 26 million so that's transfer markets uh valuation of uh, julian draxler I feel like this is a just it's, it's just one of those stories that 
every time a transfer window comes along, Arsenal get linked with Julian Draxler. I feel like that's been the case for the last seven, eight years. Like we always seem to be linked with a guy, but nothing ever comes of it. Nothing ever materialises. And I don't expect that to change this time around. I think the ship may well have sailed with Julian Draxler if indeed he was someone that we were ever actually interested in. It always feels like whatever club Draxler is with, they're always trying to move him on. And it's hard to believe that the guy is still only 26 years old, given what I've just said and given how many years he has been he has been linked with us and and, and not just us, a number of clubs as well. Uh, but no, he's not someone that I would actively pursue. He's not someone that I would prioritise. And quite frankly, given what I sort of hear about his attitude and the disruption that he sometimes causes, not keen, not keen at all. Um, Connor Stevens has asked um, Partey or I've already answered this, but I'll just quickly uh, repeat for your benefit. I think that Partey would be more of what we need. Um, so in which case, if we can only sign one, he's the one I would go for. But um, if we got any of those players, I'd be over the moon. Um, Shuvam says, which player do you think is going to come from the youth ranks next season? If you're talking about the ones that sort of currently play under 23s football, we're not going to include those who have already sort of had an impact in the first team. I think when I look at that group, I think the one that has stuck out to me for probably a, a year and a half now, 18 months, is probably uh, John Jules, um, young striker. There's something about him that I really, really like. Uh, and I can't even explain what it is. Is it his movement? Is it the sort of way he carries himself? I'm not entirely sure, but I was lucky enough to cover a couple of games um, for the under-23s last season. And I was really impressed by what I saw of, of, of Tyrese John Jules. I think he is someone that has a big future in the game. I think he is someone that could potentially uh, be a future Arsenal striker. So yeah, he's probably the one I would hang my hat on if I had to, um, if I had to pick, um, pick one. Uh, what else have we got here? Um, questions around the keeper again, Dennis Brown, which keeper would you keep? Um, my answer would be both. I want them both to stay. I'm desperate for them both to stay. I'm desperate for them to fight for that number one position and and for the healthy competition that that would bring within the squad. You know, I, I, I guess I'm sitting on the fence here. I probably still just about keep Leno over Martinez at the moment. I know that's going to be controversial, but it is down to the fact that I haven't seen Martinez perform to this standard over a longer period of time that's it's purely that that's not to take anything away from martinez and there's not much in it because you know he's been nothing short of sensational since he's come into the side um so yeah it, it's not personal um and it is a really really difficult difficult one uh to answer of course um let's see what else we've got um Let's see, let's see, let's see. Just scrolling through your comments. Um, just uh, having a quick look. Uh, Ayo Kunle says, where do you think we'll finish next season? Oh, such a tough, tough one to answer. Um, it's tough because you don't know what business we're going to get done between now and the start of the season. 
or between now and the end of the transfer window. You don't know what business our rivals are going to do. You don't know how we're going to start the season. You know, there's so many things to factor in on this. It's it's tough. Um, so, yeah, look, where do you think we'll finish next season? If I had to stick my neck on the line, I'd say fifth. Um, obviously, I hope for fourth. But I think if we finished fifth and we were close to the top four, and when I say close, I mean within touching distance, within three points of, of, of qualifying for the Champions League, I would I would take that. Um, because it would be progress, wouldn't it? It may not be as much as what people want to see, but I think we have to be realistic about where we're at. We have to be realistic about how good Manchester City are, how good Liverpool are, uh, how good Chelsea may be, given the, the, the signings that they're making, how good, um, you know, uh, United might be. Spurs are no doubt going to become better, I would say. So, that, you know, there's so much uh, to factor in here. So much to factor in. Uh, Arturo, uh, he says, um, should we loan guys like Callum Chambers, Eddie Nketiah, Joe Willett, Genduzi, Reese Nelson, or even Martinelli? I don't think you can at the moment. I mean, how can you loan these players out when at the moment they're being used to backfill our first team? They're being used as part of the squad. They're being rotated, especially Nketiah. Willock has been a substitute in pretty much every game. You know, if Genduzi comes back into contention, then again, we're not exactly blessed with a number of midfield options to say we can spare him. Um, Reese Nelson is being used as a substitute. Martinez is injured at the moment, but I expect he will be as well when he returns. So no, I, I don't think that we can, um, you know, we can move any of them on. I, I really don't. Um, I would be keeping hold of as many of them as possible. If, if you know, loaning just feels like a pointless exercise. It feels like, you know, what is the benefit to us? Yes, they might develop further down the line, but we might come to see that we don't need them. So now nah, for me, it's either if a good offer comes in, you consider selling. But if there isn't a good offer on the table, then you don't, you don't even entertain it. Um, when I say selling, Martinelli is not one I would even consider selling. Uh, from those names that, that you've mentioned there. Uh, just finally, final one, because uh, we've been going well over an hour now. Uh, M says, Harry, what's your expectation on the opening game versus Fulham and a cheeky prediction? You know, playing against a newly promoted side, obviously the expectation is that Arsenal go there and win. Arsenal go there and take all three points, but nothing is guaranteed um, in the Premier League. So, you know, we'll have to see. But in terms of a prediction, I'd give, I'll give you a more concrete one on the preview show, which will be coming up um, next week as we get ready for uh, the Premier League season. Um, you know, so we'll be looking at that in a little bit more detail, but I'm not going to give you a prediction on Arsenal Fulham uh, just yet, because then why would you tune into the preview show? There you go. Um, DJ Zach says, uh, I love your analysis. Thank you, mate. Really, really appreciate it. Um, thank you for your continued support. Thank you to everybody who's tuned in to today's show. Incredible numbers once again. I've just seen the email notifications that a number of you have signed up as patrons as well during this show. Thank you so much. Uh, you guys will get a personal message from me via the patron platform uh, within the sort of next uh, 24 hours as soon as I get around to it. So please uh, keep an eye out for that as well. And uh, we're going to be back very, very soon with more. Just a quick reminder, if you haven't already, 
Check out yesterday's podcast with Adrian Clark. I'm sure you won't be disappointed by the quality insight that he brought to the table. So until next time, uh, take care of yourselves. Stay safe and uh, up the Arsenal as always.